Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Jenna Helwig. Jenna is the author of the new cookbook, Bare Minimum Dinners, and the food director at Real Simple Magazine. Prior to joining Real Simple, Jenna was the food director at Health and Parents Magazines. Jenna's one real good thing may surprise you. It is to let go of ambition in the kitchen. She reveals how taking a step back can actually help you enjoy more home-cooked meals, and she shares her favorite supermarket shortcuts. I'm also spilling my hack for Indian food takeout and my secret kitchen mantra. Listen. Jenna, I am so happy to have you here. I mean, we have known each other for years now and have become friends and, you know, attended so many conferences and stuff together, but we really kind of became friends and I'm thrilled about that. And I'm thrilled to have this chance to kind of introduce you to all the listeners as well. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you about this. So I love, love, love your new book and Bare Minimum Dinners, which I mentioned already. But what I love about your one thing is how actually surprising it is, okay? I think most people think they really need to do a lot more in the kitchen and that they're maybe even like giving themselves a hard time about that um, on the daily basis, especially in the new year and resolutions and stuff. You feel like you have to be in the kitchen meal prepping all day or something, but you don't have to. And you say that can backfire, which is why your one real good thing is to let go of ambition in the kitchen and good enough is great. I just love this. Tell us why this is so important and Uh, helpful. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I've spent a lot of my career really trying to help people have more family dinners and, you know, inspiring them and giving them strategies like meal prep on the weekends or make a double batch, you know, make a lot of homemade sauce and freeze it. And then as I have gotten, you know, I don't want to say older, although it's true, but busier, you know, my life has gotten busier. I've seen my friends' lives get busier. I've realized that in essence, I've been asking people to do more work and asking myself to do more work with this idea of making it simpler. But what if we just made it simpler and did less work, (laughs) right? It kind of felt like oh, sort of revolutionary in this strange way, this idea that maybe we didn't need to always be pushing ourselves in the kitchen as we're making dinner for ourselves or our families, that actually taking a step back can be better for us, for our stress levels, um, our health, and better for you know a more pleasant family eating experience, assuming you're cooking for a family. Yes. And so to be clear here, I think you're really talking about actually eating more home-cooked meals and this being an enabling factor. And that sometimes this idea of, oh, this has to be the most spectacular dinner, or this has to be all from the farmer's market, organic every day, that that becomes paralyzing and you wind up not being able to do it. And you wind up being turned off from it and you wind up becoming very overwhelmed very quickly. Whereas if you say, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfectly healthy. It doesn't have to be perfectly anything, but it can be really darn good. And I think that's what you're saying. And actually it gets us in the kitchen more, which ultimately 
serves us to be healthier. So I think that's so important. Yes. Yes. To all of that. You know, just one anecdote. I have a friend who makes tacos for her family every Tuesday. She does taco Tuesday, which I love, but she feels like, you know, she's got two young kids that she needs to produce this kind of epic feast every Tuesday. She, you know, makes the taco. She does not just one homemade sauce, but she feels like she needs three homemade sauces and rice. It's just, I think she has kind of internalized this pressure that maybe people like me have inadvertently, you know, put out there into the world. Like you need to have served variety and it needs to be, yes, homemade. And so that it's just becomes too much for her and for other people. And as exactly as you say, then, you know, they're probably less motivated to make dinner the next night. Yeah. So, and when we just simply cook at home, regardless of what we're cooking, regardless of how nutritionally quote unquote perfect it is, which there's no such thing on record saying that regardless of that, you're eating healthier. So when you're cooking at home more, you are getting, you know, you're eating more reasonable portions. You're probably getting a lot less salt and added fats and animal fats, and you're also saving money. So just cooking at home. So anything like kind of get, let yourself off the hook so that you actually are more relaxed and can cook more at home and you're going to be healthier in the end. So it almost seems counterintuitive, like you're doing the opposite thing, but it's so powerful. Absolutely. And I think that every time I cook at home, even if I'm like, oh my gosh, the only way I'm going to cook at home tonight is if I use this jar of tikka masala sauce that we all love and, you know, cook some tofu or some chicken in that and serve it over rice, that even though that's kind of, kind of, halfway cooked and halfway just opened a jar, I still feel like it's a win. Yes. Actually, I love that part of your book. You talk about your nine commandments of bare minimum dinners. And the first one is to let go of ambition logically, right? And one of them is to shop smart. And then you include all of these shortcuts. And it's funny that you say about the Indian simmer sauces in there. And that's one of your favorite shortcuts. Because I have to tell you and everyone, one of my favorite strategies, because I love to order in Indian food. So I order an Indian food and there's this one particular shrimp dish that actually there's like six shrimp in there and like two cups of sauce. And the sauce is mwah, fabulous. We love the sauce. So after we eat the shrimp and sauce on our rice the first night, I take what the leftover sauce and I freeze it in a freezer bag and I keep it in my freezer and then I pull it out and I add new shrimp to it. And I love that dinner. It's like less waste, no effort. And absolutely delicious. And I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is genius. <laughs> Gee, we always have leftover sauces when we order Indian. So, so yes, <laughs> stick them in the freezer. That's my two cents. But tell us about some of these other shortcuts and why they're so helpful. I mean, we're touching on that already. Absolutely. So I feel like a lot of them do fall into the sauce category, interestingly enough, which does make sense because you know, some of these sauces that we love, like enchilada sauce or, you know, like the tikka masala sauce, like they take time and they take lots of different spices and like to make them at home. So they're delicious. And, you know, I'm not going to use the word authentic, but like on the way to that, then, you know, it takes a lot of ingredients and a lot of effort often. So one of the things I love is that I feel like in the past few years, there have been really incredible products available at grocery stores around the country now. You know, I'm thinking of like the 
Can I say specific brands? Is that allowed? It's fine with me. Okay. It's fine with me. <laughs> okay. Like, for example, I love Frontera's taco sauces and enchilada sauces. You know, they're clearly made with a lot of care. They're different varieties and they're delicious. Um, I use Rayo's marinara sauce for everything in my life. <laughs> it's so easy and versatile. And then I love, you know, the, the Maya Kamal sauces for the, um, the Indian simmer sauces. So I just think that there are a lot of options out there and, you know, they can really upgrade dinner with not a lot of effort. And we don't have to feel bad about it. And I think the sort of, you know, wellness culture sort of kind of traps us into this sense of feeling like we have to feel bad about using these kinds of shortcuts. And it's just ridiculous. Ultimately, it's not serving anybody. So make your own if you feel like it, freeze it if you feel like it. And if you don't, you know, you have these options and it could just take the pressure off with this whole notion. Oh, one other thing, sauce that I love that you mentioned actually is pesto. Oh, um, so I have, I think on my website right now, I have like 10 pest recipes that use prepared pesto. And in the summer when I have like a ridiculous amount of basil, I make pesto, but I buy pesto all the time. I have to say, I do recommend since we're on that topic, I do recommend getting the one in the refrigerator case. You're on a thousand board. percent. Yes, yes, yes. The ones on the, the shelf stable ones, they're just the sad color and don't taste fresh. <laughs> yeah. Cause in order to make them shelf stable, they have to heat them to a certain degree and then it becomes gray and not as bright and fresh yes. tasting. Totally. So get the one in the refrigerator and, um, and then you might, you know, just with a lot of these products, I think it's about like just watching your salt, kind of how much salt you add to the dish. So yes. sometimes they're already quite salty already. And you can consider them salt in and of themselves in a way. Absolutely. And you know, the good thing too, even though you are taking maybe this supermarket shortcut, like you can see all of the ingredients, you know, you can read the labels and that way you also have more control as opposed to when you're ordering in and you don't really know what the ingredients are. So that still gives you that, you know, understanding of what you're eating. Yeah, totally. And so I think this notion of taking the pressure off is so helpful. And I think we could all really use it. And I love your, and I really relate in so many ways to your cooking mantra. So tell us what your cooking mantra is. My cooking mantra is it's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I can feel like this relates to cooking in so many different ways. You know, I first thought of it as Often when people see a recipe, they're like, oh, well, I don't have these two specific exact ingredients, so I can't make the recipe. And I, you know, just want to say, you know what? You can, it's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, use the ground turkey instead of the ground beef, or if you have spinach instead of kale, or you don't have ground coriander, whatever, you know, it's not that big a deal. You're making dinner on a Wednesday night, make these substitutions, leave things out. It's all going to be fine. Like what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't taste like the most amazing thing you've ever made. Oh, well, it's okay. Yeah. And it'll probably be good. Actually, when I read that, I was laughing to myself because, and this is a confession that I'm going to make to everyone. My test kitchen, when I'm testing recipes, I wind up getting super worked up. Like I've researched this, I've drafted a copy of what I think it should be like with all these question marks, but like a basic concept. I've gone shopping, I've prepped the thing, I've measured and weighed and baked, and now it's in the oven or now it's simmering. And I'm like a wreck because I'm really anxious about it. I mean, this is why I think my recipes come out well, because I care so deeply, but to take the pressure off of myself, I started saying in the middle of cooking, how bad could it be? 
How bad can it be? And I started saying it all the time to the point that it became a joke in my test kitchen that that is the mantra of my test kitchen. So very similar to yours, how bad at home, I don't care as much, (laughs) but really, honestly, you're putting good ingredients in, you're preparing them well. If it's not completely exactly as you'd want it for my recipes, then I can easily fix or remedy or whatever that I'm testing. But like, honestly, how bad could it be? Absolutely. Rarely so bad that a little hot sauce isn't going to make it great. (laughs) (laughs) My husband, totally. Even if I make what I think is like the most perfect dish, he'll put hot sauce on it anyway. So there you go. And and that's an interesting idea in, in itself is that perfect is different to perfect tasting is perfect to different people. Absolutely. I really love the idea of, so perfect tasting is different to everyone at the table, but also different to everyone who cooks, right? So when someone's cooking one of our recipes, like I really also want to encourage people not to be so beholden to it. You know, if I call for crushed red pepper in something because I do like spice and you don't like it, just leave it out, you know, or same thing. If like, My mom, for example, is one of those people that doesn't like cilantro, which I always feel bad about because it's so delicious. But you know, you don't like cilantro? Leave it out. It's okay. Yeah, totally. And I think you should turn your Taco Tuesday friend onto your fajita recipe, which I have made and loved. And what's to your point, I had a little bit of a hard time finding fajita seasoning for this fajita recipe, which is so easy. It's totally bare minimum, but it's delicious. P.S. And I think, I think it will change your friend's life. If not everyone's life, who's listening. (laughs) It's such a great recipe. So many great recipes like that, but it's like a handful of ingredients. And one of the ingredients is a fajita seasoning. So I had a little bit of trouble finding one. So I used taco seasoning mix and it worked perfectly. It's that kind of thing not to stress about really. And then the idea of using different mixes. I mean, I typically wasn't doing that as much, but now I'm doing that more, you know, using the pre-Cajun mix or the poultry seasoning or whatever it may be. It just kind of makes it easier. And then I just buy a small bit. So. Yes. I do the same thing. I've gotten more into those spice mixes and spice rubs. You know, I, I think I used to take it as like a badge of honor or something that I would, you know, mix up six or seven different spices and put it on the shrimp. But now I'm like, why are we doing that? I've really, this actually makes me think of something you said before. I've just kind of given up on feeling guilty about any of this. There is just no room in my life or really anyone's life to feel guilty about what you're making for dinner. It just, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't serve me. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic. I think it started before that, but I'm like, ah, it's just get out of here. I mean, I'm just not going to indulge that emotion at all. There should be really no guilt around food at all. I completely agree. Whether it's, you know, eating something like a piece of chocolate cake, there's no room for guilt, whatever it is. So I agree. Let's take that out of the equation. It doesn't serve us really at all. So one thing I think about this whole thing about guilt and expectation is that a lot of cooking shows have really not helped with that. So being in the cooking show world myself and really trying to make things accessible to people, one thing I have noticed is a lot of these contests kind of make you feel like you have to be able to make some kind of master sauce or you have to be grinding veal bones and reducing them in order to make dinner. And everyone's like a judge, right? Everyone, my sister was saying she would cook a beautiful dinner for everyone in her family. And they'd be like, 
I think this needs a little more turmeric or whatever. <laughs> like you get up and flip and cook dinner then, right? So I think in some ways it's turned everyone at the table into what they think is like a top chef judge, right? <laughs> and the cook into a feeling like you have to perform in this way. So I think I really relate to what you're saying in terms of everyday meals, making lovely food, making food that's compelling and that you want and that everybody wants. And that's good for everyone, right? But not stressing about it or feeling like you have to perform so much. So, oh my gosh, that is such a good point. And I think that word performance is exactly on point is that that shouldn't like our weeknight dinners when we're just cooking for ourselves or our families, you know, don't need to be a performance. I say that also in the book, like, you know, just relax a little. You're not, you're not cooking for the queen. You know, you're not, (laughs) this is just Wednesday night. You know, interesting about the food shows, I feel like food magazines sometimes do this a little bit too, because, you know, especially when there is a time component, you know, oh, you can make this in 20 minutes or you can make this in 30 minutes. And often that is just not the case. That's just not realistic. And so I think that people also have an unreal, have been unfortunately given an unrealistic expectation of how speedy some things can be like, oh, you can make this elaborate meal in just a half an hour. But right. Probably not. So just streamline it and then you can cook in a half an hour. Right. In a half an hour, if you have a sous chef or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And someone doing the dishes. Right. And you pre-prepped everything. (laughs) Right. Let's be real. Totally. When I wrote my um, weeknight wonders book at 30 minutes or less, I did that. I literally started with everything on the counter, but nothing was chopped. So I definitely put everything, all the chopping, everything into it. And I tried to actually chop a little more slowly, actually, because I wanted to be realistic. You know, I'm not that fast of, I'm not like the Jacques Pepin onion cutter who I can't, they must be speeding up that video. It seems like it. He's amazing. (laughs) He's amazing. Besides an amazing person. But yeah, so I think you're right. I mean, that is important that, that we don't put that expectation on ourselves or take that as something we're doing wrong in the kitchen. So we definitely, as media people, don't want to set that up. And it's important to keep that in mind. It's almost like an equivalent of all the retouching that's done, right? Oh my gosh, that's such a great point. Yes. It's like the food version of retouching. Like you're never going to look like that person who basically doesn't even look like that. And it's the same thing with the food. (laughs) Well, it's also the same thing with food styling. Right. Right. So in magazines cook and look, I love a good food. I mean, food stylists are amazing. They're magical. They can make even the simplest thing look so incredible. But, you know, I think that's also something important for just like regular people to keep in mind that all these food photos and that you're seeing, they've been prepared by a professional food stylist, you know, whose job is to make food look beautiful for the camera. Right. And they're not mostly now, at least they've gotten away from using a lot of fake stuff. I mean, mostly the sense of realism is more in fashion now anyway, but still there's like the perfect lighting on it and it has the perfect amount of gloss and it has, and the dishware, you know, I mean, it's like, I do really value that so much, but we do have to think about it as people retouching like that. We can't, we don't have to live up to that. So what a relief, huh? Yeah. We don't have oh, to I live know. up to that on a Wednesday night. When I we feel have better th- already. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I am inspired to definitely let go of ambition in the kitchen and to keep in mind, I hope everyone keeps in mind that good enough is great. Thank you, Jenna Helwig, for joining us. And just before I depart, I want to make a note 
that your book, your previous book, Baby Led Feeding, is literally my go-to gift for new parents. So I want everyone to look that book up as well, Baby Led Feeding, that Jenna wrote, because it's like fabulous book. So I highly recommend that one too. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been lovely. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to let go of ambition in the kitchen from both a culinary and health point of view. Take the pressure off because good is good enough. Go to elliekrieger.com to learn more about Jenna Helwig and get links to delicious, easy, stress-free recipes. And join me next time for another one real good thing.